It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of This is Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Welcome to my listeners. The laws regulating immigration have required reform for decades. With the crisis at the border, now recognized by both Democrats and Republicans, I wanted to bring in your congressman, Jimmy Panetta, to let listeners know about the Bipartisan National Security Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2024, now held up by the Republican filibuster in the U.S. Senate. Welcome to the show, Congressman Panetta. The uh, laws regulating immigration have required reform for decades, and now we've got the Bipartisan National Security Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2024 stuck in a filibuster in the uh, U.S. Senate. Uh, I wonder if you could talk to our listeners uh, here at KNews and let them know what is in that bill, uh, if it could possibly still pass, uh, what would it do for the border? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Stu, and it's, it's good to be on your show, and it's uh, uh, good to be representing the new 19th Congressional District, which uh, stretches uh, all the way from uh, South San Jose up into Santa Cruz County, down the Monterey County coastline to the northern part of San Luis Obispo County, pretty much from Cambria, Cambria straight out east with the Tascadero, being the most southern town all the way out to the Kern County border. So a pretty diverse and dynamic uh, district, a pretty big district. So you uh, represent Shandon and uh, Creston and Paso Robles. You bet, you bet. And, yeah, uh, all the way out there. But it's yeah. been it's been great getting down there and, and getting into the new part of the 19th congressional district. And I'm proud to be the first Congress member ever. You can correct me if I'm wrong. First Congress member ever to set up a congressional office in Paso Robles. So we've been real proud uh, of basically planting that flag and letting people know that I am the United States representative for uh, the 19th congressional district, which includes northern San Luis Obispo County. Well, your dad, now, your dad uh, represented uh, San Luis Obispo County decades ago, and, uh, and that's so correct. knew knew a lot of the folks in Paso Robles in the North County. So, uh, yeah, let, let's get into the bill. Definitely, definitely. Look, I think um, you know right now we had a very good bill that was negotiated over four months by some of my good friends, including Senator Lankford, Republican from Oklahoma, and Senator Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, and Senator Sinema, Independent from Arizona, um, negotiated a, a very, very uh, a good bill. Not a perfect bill. We get that. But it's the art of compromise and basically getting what we need. And what was in this supplemental package is exactly what we need right now. What do I mean by that? Well, look, I think it started off by basically President Biden putting forward a request back in October uh, saying that we need more funding for Ukraine, for Israel, for our partners uh, in the Indo-Pacific. And yes, we need more resources for our border. And um, basically, once the, uh, the Democratic president put that out, the Republicans saw this out as an opportunity to then go strong on border. And that's when the negotiations started. And so what they came up was a very significant bill that basically provided uh, billions 
for supporting our democratic partners, be it in Ukraine, be it in Israel, be it humanitarian assistance uh, for Gaza, and of course our Indo-Pacific partners to deal with China. And then it also provided something that uh, it needs to be provided for, and that's the problem at the border. Um, You have basically, in December, 300,000 encounters, not just arrests, encounters at the border, a record number back in December of 2023. So clearly, there was a crisis. Clearly. Well, Congressman, I I understand. Part of the the problem is there just aren't enough Border Patrol officers. Does this bill do anything to fix that? Yeah, that, that, of course, that's part of the problem. And, and I've been to the border six times in my limited time in Congress. Uh, and each time I've come away saying there needs to be more resources allocated to the, to the border. And, you know, during my time, we've allocated, uh, increased it by over $120 million for resources at the border that not just include infrastructure, i.e. a wall, parts of the wall along the border, but also technology and officers and courts and judges uh, and court personnel and so forth to adjudicate and process the asylum seekers that are coming over. But it's just not enough, and it's sucking up a, a tremendous amount of resources, as we've heard from our uh, the leadership in Texas and the Texas towns along the border, but also now we're hearing from our, our leadership in Chicago and New York and other towns which are experiencing this influx of migrants uh, that are being sent to their cities. And so this bill... Uh, one of the most let me let me mind you one of the most conservative bipartisan bills on immigration reform this century that provided the following the president the authority to shut down the border uh, it raised the standard uh, on the initial claims of asylum and would be allowed to be adjudicated by officers rather than judges it expanded detention it penalized those who returned during the shutdown and it provided over 20 billion with a b billion dollars and resources to bolster our border. And yes, that included continuing to build parts of the wall where necessary. Uh, There were a number of things here that Republicans and Republican leadership had been clamoring for so long now. Yet, once Donald Trump got involved, he blew it up. And why did he blow it up? Because he put politics over solving the problem at the border. And you caught me kind of on a day where I'm very, it's been a frustrating week. Because we had a good deal that could have done a lot when it comes to solving the issues, not just on our border, but helping our Democratic partners. And it got blown up because our Republican leadership in the Senate and in the House kowtowed and caved to Donald Trump. And this is the situation we're in right now. And this is what happens when you put politics over problem solving. When you put politics over, P- over policies. We had a good policy that could have fixed these problems that many people were clamoring for, and it got blown up because, unfortunately, the leadership of the Republican Party caved to Donald Trump. Well, one of of the uh, linchpins in this whole uh, bill is that it comes from the Senate, and then it would have to go to the House if it passed the Senate, uh, and the Speaker of the House has announced that it's dead on arrival. Uh, do Do you think that there are... Uh, members of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives that you and Congressman Carbajal and the, the other folks uh, on your side of the aisle can work with uh, in order to get this on the floor if it does pass, um, if they overcome the filibuster? Uh, yeah, yeah, look, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the problem is it's going to be up to leadership. And unfortunately, Speaker Johnson 
the way this bill looks as it as it is right now, uh, basically decided that he will not put it on the floor, and it is up to him. To your question, I do believe that there are Republicans. Like, mind you, I said Republican leadership are the ones that killed that, this bill. Uh-huh. Not all Republicans. There are definitely Republicans that want to solve problems. That's why Salute and I work very closely with our Republican colleagues who are there to govern and not to blow things up. And the problem is you have too many people now who come into this position that uh, see it as a performative a spot. Uh, they'd rather perform than actually grind away and create policy that solves problems. And as I always say, I'm not in the entertainment industry. I'm in the legislation industry. I'm there to get things done, and I will work with anybody, anybody that helps me get things done for the people of the 19th Congressional District. I've proven that, and I will continue to do that. And that's why I'm frustrated today, because we had a good bill that came out of the Senate that was uh, very, uh, it was tough to negotiate. Immigration is one of the most politically toxic, policy-complicated issues that I've ever worked on in my time in Congress. And so this was a tough bill to get done, a tough compromise. They got it done. It was the best thing. I think what um, uh, Senator McConnell said it the other day, this is the best deal we're ever going to get, no matter who's in the in the White House, when it comes to solving the issues at the border. And, and unfortunately, and then he up. <laughs> you have an ex-president who uh, un- doesn't understand uh, what it takes to get things done and is more concerned with politics and hurting Joe Biden for his political benefit uh, going into November of 2024. Well, I, I've, I've been through the bill myself, and I, I, when you talked about how complex this issue is, I, I thought just for our listeners, one example of that uh, was uh, $204 million appropriated to the FBI. Now, you think of the FBI as is back in the heart of the country, but what was it for? It was for the backlog of DNA samples collected from migrants at the border to see yeah. who's yeah. a criminal, who's who, um, and, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're, I mean, go, go ahead. I'm, no, I mean, Stu, I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's an example of why this is a crisis at the border, but it's also an example of the solution that can that, that, that was needed and necessary um, uh, and, and provided in a negotiated bill by Democrats, Republicans, and Independents in order to provide a solution to this issue that um, we all know needs fixing. And so that's why it's very frustrating right now um, that basically the, the, the leadership uh, in the Republican leadership in the Senate and the Republican leadership in the House, um, you know, uh, decided to succumb and sabotage this bill because Donald Trump got involved. Well, since, since Democrats are in the bare majority in the Senate and uh, has, have the presidency at this point, what do you think? If uh, the Democrats were to prevail in the 2024 election and get a solid uh, majority in the House and get a solid majority in the Senate and hold on to the presidency, do you think that Democrats recognize this problem sufficiently now that they would push through a version of this bill themselves? Look, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, look, and, and I think the key, the key, the key word you used is a significant majority. What do you mean by significant? Look, obviously, you know, right now, um, in order to get anything done in the Senate, you need compromise because you need not just all of the Democrats. You need at least ten Republicans to get things done. Fil- and so there has to be yeah, you know, the super majority of getting over sixty. You know, and and, and is that, that that doesn't look like it's going to happen in reality based on who's running right now in the Senate. However, I, I, you know, I hope that the Senate majority, whatever happens in 2024, first of all, let's hope it doesn't take that long. Let's hope 
people come to their senses and realize we need a fix to the problem at the border, and this is the most significant uh, solution that we've seen in a long time. Hopefully we do it before 2024, but if, if we're able to get back to House, I can guarantee you that we're going to do something not just on uh, solving the issues at the border, but actually immigration reform as well when it comes to uh, ensuring our dreamers are allowed to be here and stay here and continue contributing to uh, our communities, as I've seen here in the 19th Congressional District, and earning earning their pathway uh, to citizenship if they want, and also protecting our farm workers, which are very, very necessary, as anybody who works in agriculture, especially there in northern San Luis Obispo County, understands how important they are to the produce uh, that, that, that we provide, not just to this area, not just to California, but to the world. And so, obviously, they need to be taken into account and in making sure that they're allowed to stay here and contribute to our economy, uh, to our communities, uh, and to our culture, uh, what we stand for. And so these are the types of things um, that I've been working on. Uh, I hope that it's something that uh, we continue to work on because these are issues that uh, they're not going to go away, be it at our border or be it in our communities with our lack of labor when it comes to uh, those who work in agriculture. Well, and having traveled the uh, northern part of San Luis Obispo County with the massive number of uh, wineries and uh, vineyards, uh, <laughs> as well as other uh, kinds of uh, agriculture production, uh, you, you know and I know that that uh, many of those operations would uh, essentially have to go out of business for lack of labor. Yes, at, that's at, correct. And that's why, that's why Salud, myself... Zoe Lofgren, Dan Newhouse, uh, Mike Simpson, uh, Democrats and Republicans worked very hard on the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. We're, we're same thing, uh, mm-hmm. a product that was produced by nine months of negotiation um, that to basically uh, deal with that issue in securing our farm workforce, uh, be it streamlining the H-2A program and uh, allowing those who are here work, that have worked in agriculture to continue working in agriculture and give them the option. It's an option that if they want citizenship, they can have it, but they got to earn it. Uh, and that's what that bill entailed. And so uh, we're very proud of that bill, one of the most bipartisan bills to uh, pass out of Congress in the last three decades. Uh, unfortunately, the Senate didn't touch it. Uh, but we're going to continue to put it forward because we know that's a, uh, a a very plausible solution to a very tough issue. Sure. Maybe it could be rolled in. I, I heard, or I, I heard on the news anyway, that that the Republican conference in the Senate was meeting and fighting over whether to... Uh, go ahead and back up and perhaps support some version of the bipartisan uh, border bill uh, as a rider to a, a bill to fund Ukraine and Taiwan and Israel and I suppose the Pacific uh, partners like Micronesia. Uh, I understand Senator Schumer is going to put back on the floor. Yeah, I, th- I think I, it's funny. I think I just read that as well. Um, and I think what that is now, uh, you know, I, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, um, you know, we initially wanted this. Uh, Republican leadership saw that they could then use basically getting uh, fixing the border as leverage to get that. Uh, we gave them that with the bill that we've been talking about. They then rejected that bill. So now we're I think Schumer is basically looking at putting up a straight bill of funding Ukraine, funding Israel, humanitarian aid for Gaza and funding our partners in the Indo-Pacific at this point. What, what kind, um, what kind of uh, funding for Ukraine, for instance, uh, is in that bill? Oh, I, I, you know, I haven't seen the latest version because that just came up this morning, and okay. I got in at midnight last night, uh, and so I, I've been uh, doing some other things and basically being at home. Um, but I, so I don't know the exact specifics, but I would imagine it's an amount very similar to the supplemental package, and that was $60 billion. 
for our Ukrainian partners so that they can continue to succeed in repelling this Russian invasion uh, that they've endured uh, for uh, over a year now. Well, in a big percentage, as I as I read through what was in the uh, bipartisan appropriations bill that just got filibustered, uh, a big percentage of that was actually paying U.S. companies and U.S. workers to create the armaments that were going to go over to Ukraine. You know, that's that's funny. Yeah, that, I mean that. You're right. I mean, people need to realize that much of this funding that we are providing is going to create a number of jobs, not just in blue states, but in red states and throughout the United States, uh, especially when it comes to producing uh, these types of armaments that will go to Ukraine, uh, which is a very, very important, I think, understated aspect of any sort of supplemental funding package that uh, is provided uh, that includes uh, uh, assistance for Ukraine. Now, Congressman, you have been, in fact, I think you were at the border last week, weren't you? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, a week, what, almost a week ago, uh, last Friday, went down to El Paso. Uh-huh. And ha- have you had a chance to go to Ukraine and observe the uh, the devastation there and, and how the folks are resisting? It's funny. I actually, tr- no, I haven't to answer your question. I tried to go uh, last, uh, before the new year. And the problem is, by the time we tried to go, Secretary Austin was going. And so there's only one way in, at least on the official side, uh-huh. and that's taking that train in that only operates twice a week, so they told us. Wow. Um, and therefore, they were all booked up because of Secretary Austin's visit and the uh, VIPs, as they, as they uh, called it, uh, that were going in there, going to and from. However, uh, I hope to uh, provide uh, do it uh, this time, uh, this year as well. Um, however, I was just in Israel. Uh, I, I, I probably most likely one of the few members to be in Israel twice, not just once, but twice since the October 7th uh, bloodthirsty attack by Hamas. Uh, on Israel, and what did you find? So, what did you find when you got there? No, look, I, I think what people need to realize: people need to understand that when it comes to Israel, they're still on October seventh. Yeah, they're not on October eighth, and I think people need to understand that in looking at Israel and trying to solve the problem of the Middle East, and that it is so much more complicated than just standing up and yelling a one-word slogan or signing on to a one-page resolution that only 17 members of the Democratic Party are on, that really will not do much. Mm -hmm. And so what I always say, would you rather have a member of Congress yell and scream and be outraged, or would you rather have your member of Congress who actually goes to Israel and actually does the work to fact-find and get the evidence upon which to make the appropriate arguments that we can use in our negotiations, in our discussions with the leadership of Israel. Not just Israel. We went to Qatar, we went to Egypt, and we went to Bahrain to discuss how we can get to peace, discuss how we can ensure that Hamas releases the hostages, to discuss how we can eventually get to a two-state solution. And now, unfortunately, it's just very, very complicated, and one word isn't going to solve it, and it's taking the diplomatic prowess that we are seeing by the Biden administration to continue to be at the table to with leadership of, of Israel 
and the countries I've mentioned to continue to push them towards a temporary truce that entails releasing the hostages that hopefully will lead to a permanent peace upon which then you can then build a regional peace. Now, but it is, as you know, Stu, very, very difficult to get to. But that yeah. is basically my understanding from my uh, trips and work on this issue, but also with the appreciation, not just with the empathy for Israel and for the Palestinians, but the appreciation of how difficult this is and the diplomacy that's needed going forward. Well, sure. And uh, I, I guess the question begs to be asked, uh, you know, your dad's had a couple of important positions with the U.S. government, head of the CIA among them. Do you know, maybe your dad won't tell you, do you know Do you know if the administration has tapped uh, Leon Panetta in order to uh, do any of the uh, back-channel negotiations? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> one, one of the uh, things I, I did want to, you know, segue to a little bit, uh, with, with all his dysfunction, uh, I've been kind of surprised that in the background there's been some function in the... Uh, in the House of Representatives that is bipartisan. I, I understand that there was a $78 billion bipartisan tax package that just passed the House uh, for uh, tax credits for child care, uh, business R&D, yeah. employee retention. Did, uh, can you tell us where that bill is, uh, you know, how it's going to affect the uh, Central Coast if, uh, if, in fact, it's passed through the Senate? Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And I'm so proud to be on the Ways and Means Committee uh, where this bill evolved out of. Um, the Ways and Means Committee, obviously, uh, as they call it, an exclusive committee, uh, has purview over the tax code. And what, and I'll be honest with you, what I found out uh, in my limited time in Congress is how impactful this can be in uh, using tax incentives to create good policy that helps people. And an excellent example of this is that tax package that you mentioned that will, one, expand the child well, tax credit. Congressman, I'm, I'm, that, I'm, I'm sorry to say we're coming up on a hard break. And oh, I, I, it, let, it, let me just tell you, it's going to expand the CTC. It's going to expand the R&D. It's going to provide low-income housing tax credits. And it's going to make it tax-free for when you get settlements if you've experienced a natural disaster. Wow. Right now, we passed it out of the House Ways and Means Committee. We passed it out of the House. And we hope the Senate takes it up after they deal with these pressing issues of the supplemental package. Very good. Well, thank you for being on Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews FM 98.5, Congressman. Thank you very much, Stu. We'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Thank you, Stu, and be sure to vote on March 5th. I haven't missed an election since I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> good view. I wish other people could say the same. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now.